Our guest this week, because each week we bring you a very special guest here on Erskine Veterans Radio. And this week it's my great pleasure to welcome someone who has spent pretty much a lifetime of their career being involved in nursing and healthcare and now serves as a member of the Erskine General Council and the Erskine Clinical Governance Committee, helping form the direction of the Erskine Veterans Charity and the care that we provide. And she'll tell us more about that, I'm sure. She's also on the board of trustees at Riding for the Disabled in Scotland as well. And it's my great pleasure to welcome to Erskine Veterans Radio, Brenda Wilson. Hi Ian, thank you very much. Well, looking forward to speaking to you and finding out more about you. Um, first of all, let's start with the, the backstory, really. As I mentioned, you've had a long career yourself in nursing and in healthcare, but how did you find your way to being involved with Erskine? Um, I guess, yes, I have had a, a long career with the NHS and in the private sector as a, as a nurse with my background in perioperative nursing care, so operating theatres for, for many years from uh, almost newly qualified uh, right through to um, theatre management and service management uh, within the NHS. Um, yes, that has brought an interest around clinical governance, which attracted me in the first instance to support Erskine, but really my, um, my connection with Erskine is probably more personal than uh, through um, clinical or, or nursing. Um, and that was really through my um, my father, my dad, um, who actually was a resident in Erskine at one point and, um, in fact, had ended his life in, in Erskine. So that's really the, the personal connection that brought me to, to um, support Erskine. And you, you talked about your career there, both with the NHS and in the private sector, and now you've seen the work done here at Erskine. What do you think the differences are that you've noted between all of those various different areas of healthcare? Well, I think, you know, certainly from, from NHS, as I see, I've, I've worked as a, as a clinician in, in periop and also as a manager and then as a senior professional nurse, um, both as a deputy nurse director and interim uh, nurse Director uh, 2 uh, in, in the islands in Orkney. Um, I, I think the differences really are Erskine is, is the person's home. It's, 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 there are some clinical um, processes and care that, that are delivered and have to be to the same high standards. However, at the end of the day, it is the person's home um, and has to be treated as such in, in terms of trying to fit that, that clinical um, part around the home in a kind of unobtrusive way mm. um, I suppose and, and that's that is the main difference one is a home and one is actually a clinical facility to to deliver treatment of whatever sort. One of the big differences I think with Erskine is the the sense of community the camaraderie the banter if you like as well that the uh, that the residents the veterans are able to engage in which is something um, probably a little bit different to what you find everywhere else as well and that that sense of community and and the village atmosphere if you like within the the homes and houses uh, absolutely and and that is a huge uh, attraction I've, I've also had relatives both in the Glasgow home. Um, as well, and two relatives in the, the, the home at Bishopton, including, as I say, my, my own dad. Um, and that was one of the huge attractions when he was first moving from his, his own home into to care when he needed that further care was the, the, the possibilities that I gave all of us around being able to take him out for the day, walk around the ground, sit outside when it was a lovely day. I mean, it's, it's just a, a beautiful location. Um, the Glasgow home, um, clearly slightly different but still has its own 
uh, merits, but uh, definitely having the river and the, the hills beside you and the, the green grass is, is just mm. fabulous. Maybe a natural progression, some might seem, but um, obviously not quite as straightforward as that, moving from being a, a visitor, visiting family members who are living at Erskine, to then now being involved um, as a member of the Erskine General Council and a member of the Erskine Clinical Governance Committee. You know, you're a trustee at Erskine now, helping guide the Erskine Veterans Charity. Tell us about that uh, that move to, to that side of things. Yes, I mean, uh, as I say, really, um, the, the interest was was stimulated um following my my father passing away in Erskine um I I commenced really on the general council and uh, supporting and being a member of the clinical governance committee and and after a a couple of years I can't remember exactly how many I was uh, invited to join the the board of trustees uh, as well It, it gave me a I think a a dual opportunity in terms of bringing my clinical acumen and knowledge around clinical governance into that, um, into those forums, but also having that personal um, history as well and understanding the care that's delivered, how it was delivered and the, the needs of, of the residents um, was helpful as well to be able to blend both of those aspects together. It must have been a very difficult time over the last year, of course, to be one of the people having to help make decisions and take decisions to the direction of, of Erskine, as with anybody who's involved in care with, with all the things that we've had to encounter over the last 18 months or nearly two years now. Tell us about how the last year's been as a trustee at Erskine. Yes, I mean, clearly as it, as it has been for, for everyone in general public um, and across many organisations, very difficult, but clearly there was a a real focus and challenge within care homes across the United Kingdom and, and Scotland, um, which which Erskine um, has um, managed really, really effectively and as well as could be done um, under guidance that, that was issued and, and followed. The, the care team under um, both Derek Barron and Pauline McIntyre have been exceptional in terms of that care that they delivered. And in fact, another relative my my mother-in-law was uh, a resident within Bishopton during the initial stages of of the the COVID pandemic Um, and from a a personal um, relative perspective as well as being a board member it was it was very challenging for relatives to um, not have that contact and I think that put further challenges on the team's caring for the residents in terms of trying to compensate for that and support residents through such a, a, a difficult difficult time where they couldn't see their their loved ones um, and I think um, the teams did did find that really difficult um, but they've, they've done an absolutely fabulous job in caring for the residents during this time. What would you say to someone who is a registered nurse and maybe is considering a career in care at, at Erskine? What would you say to, to, to someone to, to make that leap into into this form of healthcare? Absolutely, we'd encourage them um, to, to explore that, that option. I think um, for, for many years, probably the care sector was seen as not the, the exciting um, part of, of, of clinical care. Um, however, that, that really is changing now and there are huge opportunities coming in for a, a lifelong career um, in that sector of, of, of care delivery. Um, and it's, it's, it's just 
a wide range of, of opportunities around the, the type of care that's delivered, the ever-changing roles, particularly Erskine leading the way and some of the innovative roles um, that have been perhaps available in the NHS previously around, say, for example, advanced nurse practitioners, the benefits they bring to the residents around keeping people in the home and um, not transferring them to hospital unnecessarily, um, reducing the burden on the, the local GPs, for example, with the advanced nurse practitioners, the dementia specialist nurse role that's coming into to four. Um, there's also a very career, uh, a very clear career ladder that's been developed for for care within uh, nurse within uh, Erskine that um, allows that progression potentially. And as I know, ha has happened where people have come in as a care healthcare support worker and have then gone on to become registered nurses and return. Uh, to Erskine um, once qualified and graduated as a registered nurse. So there's there's a, a huge opportunity for a varied um, and very uh, satisfying uh, career within uh, the care home sector. And if this is something that does interest you and you'd like to find out more, then um, there are regularly vacancies available across Erskine and we'd love to hear from anybody who uh, is a registered nurse and, and wants to take up a career in uh, in the care home sector, uh, particularly with Erskine, of course, and, and uh, get online erskine.org.uk to find out more about those opportunities. Um, obviously, heading, heading into winter now with your clinical governance hat on, um, we heard from Derek Barron uh, a couple of weeks or so ago about um, preparations to, to make us all as safe as possible heading into this time of year with um, COVID boosters and, and flu jabs. And hopefully we're, uh, we're heading into a, a better winter than last year. Yes, absolutely. I mean, um, obviously the, the uptake of the, the vaccines within the residents is very high. And as you say, moving on to those uh, COVID vaccine boosters alongside the, the usual seasonal flu vaccine is, is, is hugely important um, for both uh, residents and staff um, to, to be accepting those opportunities uh, to take us into the, the best possible position going into the, the winter to keep everyone as we can and keep things as normal um, as they can be having as I said, having a, a relative in Erskine Bishopton last Christmas where you weren't able to, to have that time with them um, really the main aim has to be that um, people can spend the time with their families this Christmas uh, safely. Absolutely, that's what we're uh, we're all hoping for. Um, something else that you're involved in is uh, Riding for the Disabled Association, which is an organisation which um, obviously is, is big in Scotland, but also right across the whole UK as well, which provides some, some opportunities for, for people to be involved with uh, horses and, and riding and quite a therapeutic thing to be involved in as well, I imagine. Tell us about Riding for the Disabled Association. Well... Uh, Riding for Disabled, I, I'm involved as a, a volunteer and that will be 10 years in, in April. Um, I was a volunteer there for a couple of years again and then went on to uh, train to be a volunteer coach. Um, so I um, take a, a couple of classes a, a week. Um, clearly uh, the, the Riding for Disabled has been impacted by COVID as well and we're just in the process of trying to get riders riders back. But it provides a huge, uh, huge benefits for the riders across um, a variety of disabilities, whether it's um, learning disabilities, physical disabilities such as cerebral palsy, um, 
MS, it's lots of different um, conditions. It provides um, a social aspect, but from a physical perspective around core balance um, and from a, a mental health perspective, it's, it's really um, beneficial to be involved with, with the horses. Myself, I got involved because I've always had a, a passion for horses, have, have ridden since I was young, not, not fantastically stylishly, but um, as best I can. And uh, just getting the time to do that when working full time was a challenge. But so there was a mutual benefit in becoming a volunteer with with RDA um, in Glasgow, where we are very fortunate. We have a purpose built uh, stables in Somerset in Glasgow. And uh, it's it's just uh, I've got fantastic staff, fantastic volunteers and even better and more wonderful riders that people that have got really challenging um, personal lives that, that that come along and ride and enjoy and the the social aspect is for the the riders for the volunteers but also for the parents and carers that can come along and have a cup of tea and a bit of when they come to to our classes so as I say we're just um getting back to the point of bringing the the riders um back in I I also um I'm also a trustee with Spina Bifida Hydrocephalus Scotland so there's a clear linkage um, there as well with, with riding for disabled and some of the the, the um, service um, users within uh, Spina Bifida Hydrocephalus Scotland also use the, the RDA um, facilities as, as well. But it's an amazing organisation and again, it's it's another charity always looking for, for volunteers to, to support. If anyone has an interest in horses, then they would be very welcome. And it's not just riding is it you know i think just being around horses can be quite therapeutic for people as well can't it the the mutual benefit is going for me being around the horses um i know some people might feel it's 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 not something in terms of the the smell and the environment that they want to have but there is it's it's all of that that that, that comes together the smell of the hay the, you know it's the smell of the arena and just that overall experience and and you know it's just so rewarding to to see the people coming into the classes having fun smiling laughing enjoying themselves and having that uh, opportunity to be be together um, with with others and a lot of our riders are are just amazing people you know they 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 ride they swim they they do um, ski adapted skiing we've had another mm. one that's um, done uh, uh, gone through the disabled pilot training <laughs> they are wow. just amazing people they really are and if there is someone listening to this one of our residents one of our veterans uh who wants to be involved in riding for the disabled is there a link between erskine and riding for the disabled at the moment what's the uh what's the plan if somebody's listening to this and thinking yeah i'd like to spend some time with horses what can we do there isn't um, directly at the moment, but obviously if a, if a veteran um, had a, a disability of, of, as I say, whether physical or mental um, health, then um, they would be considered to, to come into the classes. What I have done previously um, was for a, a person I'd, I'd come across in, in working life um, who has um, vascular dementia and had a, a sort of, 20 um a list of 20 bucket list activities that they wanted to take part in and one of them was to ride a horse and we arranged for them to be able to come along and, and have some time with the horses and and riding a horse as part of their bucket list so there's there's lots of things that we could we could look at 
So if you want to ride a horse, maybe riding for the disabled might be able to help you out. Brenda Wilson, it's been great speaking with you this week on Erskine Veterans Radio. Before you go, is there a song we can play for you? Well, I do have a choice, and, and thank oh. you very much for inviting me. You know, it's this Changes by David Bowie, and I, I think it's very relevant for the time that we're in at, at the moment.